Some people know what they want to do with their lives from a very young age. And other folks learn very early what they don't want to do. I grew up on a tobacco farm. I know hard work. I've had to work every day from five years old all the way up. And so I did a nasty job that I didn't like to do. That's Matt Reed. He goes by Lucky. As a kid, he says his chores on the farm started at 4.30 a.m. every day. I'm from a small little town in the southern central Virginia. Got about 200 people in it. So a lot of people there, you know, they don't go many places. And I knew right then and there, I was like, two things is not going to happen. I'm not going to be a farmer, and I will never work a job that I hate ever again. Whatever I do for a living to make me money is going to be something that I love more than anything in this freaking world. Because from five years old to 18, I did a job I did not like to do. I hated it. But then in high school, Lucky figured out what he did want to do. His guidance counselor had suggested that he take welding, and it clicked. So it ended up taking two periods of welding. I smoked his whole course out in two weeks. And he looked at me and he said, so you really want to learn how to do this? I said, absolutely. And that's all I did every day for three hours a day, all the way till I graduated high school. I just welded. I'm Dan Heath, and this is What It's Like to Be. In every episode, we walk in the shoes of someone from a different profession, a piano teacher, a TV meteorologist, a stadium beer vendor. We want to know what they do all day at work. Today, we ask Lucky Reed what it's like to be a welder. He welds pipes for companies in the oil and gas industry. We'll learn how x-rays are used in welding and what's different about welding in outer space and also what the worst injury Lucky ever got was like. And trust me, it'll make you wince. Stay with us. I'm going to ask you something that is almost unimaginably stupid. So I I just want to make sure that my brain is locked in here. The big picture is that we need welding when we need to connect pieces of metal together. So far, so good? Right. But then there are times when we can connect metal together without welding. Like I'm thinking about putting together a bed frame at home or like an Ikea cabinet. You know, you're using bolts or, you know, sometimes adhesives. So like at what point do we need welds and why? That all depends on, because all welding goes by a code, just like there is anything like, you know, you have a home inspection code. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got like these wizards, these welding engineers, they use mathematical equations to figure out how much weld will hold per square inch, you know, because a bolt and a nut eventually over time, that's going to give away salt, air, anything like eventually like bolts rust up and um, sometimes you can't bolt it together. You can't drill a hole or bolt a hole. It has to be welded together. So welding is uh, used in many, many different trades that are other than welding. And what I mean by that is like, like a mechanic. He's not a welder, but he can weld because, you know, there's parts of that car that where the firewall mounts to the the rest of the car, that's got to be welded. That's got to be what they call spot welded. You can't bolt that together because it falls under a code. 
And there's different forms of welding. Um, like a lot of people don't know this. Did you know that astronauts can weld in space? No. They can. And a lot of people are like, nah, you're, you know, you're full of shit. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, you are, because you got to have oxygen to do that. You got to have certain gases, and there's nothing like that in space. I'm like, yes, because it's a different type of welding. It's called cold welding. When two alloys meet in space, because there is no oxygen, when they touch each other, they become permanent, and you can't separate them. Wait, so th- does that mean you would be out of a job? Like, just some doofus like me could just, like, connect the two parts together if I was in space? Well, you gotta you gotta become an astronaut first. So if you become an astronaut, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you'd want to be a welder. So I mean, <laughs> two days out of high school, Lucky got a job as a pipe welder for a company in Savannah, Georgia. He said those first few weeks were a little intimidating. Like when I got on the job site, I was like worried and nervous and everything because I was listening to all these other welders that looked my age and they're talking about how they're the hottest welders back in their hometowns and this, that, and the other. And I was like, man, I don't, I'm in over my head. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Comes to find out, they were all full of shit. And then I got this one old guy that he really took me up under his wing. I've always been good about that, though. And I think, you know, the way my dad raised me, the way that I have manners, I think that really made me approachable for the older generation. Because when I was learning, those old guys didn't want to teach us younger guys. The only reason they would teach me, they were like, because you just do what the hell we tell you to do. They're like, it's hard to take them over there because you can't break their habits. They already think they're the best in the freaking world. He was like, anybody that thinks they're the best in the world is never going to get better. And that clicked in my head, too. I was like, okay, I got that. Never be the best. Always find the flaw. And I do. Every time I make a weld and people ask me, they're like, man, what makes you get these? How do you get these beads so good? And they're, how can you get them so straight? I'm like, because I pick every damn flaw in every weld. And when I find it, I'm like, we're going to fix it. There's no such thing as a perfect weld. Never. You welded something, I could pick you apart and find every mistake you made. Even my buddies, I can find every mistake they make. You could lay a slick weld, and then I could look at you and be like, do it again. And you light back up, and you'll mess that freaking thing up. It'll look god-awful. And you'll be like, what happened? I just had it. Because it has to become consistent. This has to be done and practice over and over time and time again to the point that it becomes like eating, where you do it and you don't even think about it. That's really interesting. I never thought about just the obsessiveness you would need to be a great welder. Like, Do you think you have to be a perfectionist to be a good welder? I wouldn't say that you got to be a perfectionist, but I also would say that it wouldn't hurt not to be. Because it's never perfect. Yeah. I just made a weld today. They were like, dude, it looks great. I'm like, nope. See that spot right there? I come too far over to the left. I should have stayed over that way a little bit. See that little spot right there? See, oh, that right there? I leaned my rig back too far, so the color changed on me. They're like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, what? I'm like, that's a flaw. They're like, oh, my God, lucky. You really are your worst enemy. Because when it comes to welding, I am. And that's what has made me get to where I am because I never am satisfied with where I'm at. I always know I can do better. Have you ever had one where you finished and you were like, you know, that one's actually pretty much perfect. I've had a couple. I ain't gonna lie that I've come to work the next day after a late night with hanging out with the fellas and I laid one down and the whole time I'd be well and I'd be behind the hood. I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to have to grind this whole thing back off. I guarantee you this looked like some hammered dog shit. And then literally I get done with the weld and pop my hood. I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Look at that. <laughs> it ain't bad. I don't have to grind nothing. 
well, hot damn, okay, and get back on to it, you know. What do you think it was about you that made you such a perfect fit for this profession? Uh, I wouldn't say the perfect fit, but I don't quit, man. I don't quit. And that's just how it's always been with, like, welding. Like, I'm just, like, I was hooked. There's something about it, man. There's something watching that metal just getting hot and liquid and taken from pipe to pipe right when you're freaking moving left to right with your wrist and everything becomes in sync. You might even catch, uh, be lucky enough to even catch like a song to where you're, you know, getting to the same beat and you're just rocking that cup and you're just hitting every same time and then you get done and you're like, holy cow. And then the next guy behind you is walking past to go to the dumpster, comes by and it's like, damn, damn, and he stops and he looks at it. Or your boss even comes by and does that. Like, that makes my day. When my boss comes by and is like, holy shit, man, you did that? Like, yeah, I mean, who, who else did you put on it? You know, like, I love that. That's the best feeling in the world is when your boss comes in. And, and, and I tell people all the time, bosses are not dumb. They can tell which ones are there just for the paycheck and the ones that actually do it because they love it. So walk us through a weld. So I, first of all, I'm picturing you with one of those giant welding helmets on. Is that right? Is there a name for those? Yeah, we call them a hood. Some people, beginners, they'll call them shields or something like that. But we call them, that's, that's your hood. And do you wear that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I have uh, two in my box. I keep with me uh, constantly. And there's probably more welding hoods in this house right now than my old lady wants to admit for. <laughs> and you are a combo welder. Is that the right terminology? Specialty combo welder. And what does that mean? So a combo welder is a pipe welder in layman's terms that can do TIG welding and stick welding on carbon and stainless pipe. Okay. What's TIG and stick? TIG is, uh, that's a slang term that we use. Um, a lot of inspectors will bust you for that one. The proper term for it is uh, GTAW, gas tungsten arc welding. And that's just a type of tool or a type of methodology? It's a type of process. That is a welding process in general. So that when um, you have a torch in one hand and the wire is manually feeded by you, so you're doing two things at once. Wait, tell me more about that. Just talk to me like I'm a fifth grader. Like, like Walk me through what you're doing on a weld. All right, so um, uh, we'll get our pipe tacked up and everything like that. Just four pieces of little drops of metal just to hold it, just so I can weld it. Inspection will come through. They'll look at the tacks that I put in. They'll look at the fit up. I work with a pipe fitter. A pipe fitter basically does all the prepping, the grinding, pulling the measurements, figuring out how to get the pipe from point A to point B. Once he buys off with it, I'm good to put the root in. What's the root? The root is the first pass in the piece of pipe. So when you have two pieces of pipe, we put a gap in between it, basically a space. So the pipes aren't slammed up together. They're spaced apart. And we use different gaps, like 332, 8th inch, 532. Some people even get all the way up to a 316th gap. And that's the space in between pipe A and pipe B. Okay. And then as you weld, you're, you're basically melting the metal to fill that space. Is that the idea? Right. I'm fusing it. I'm fusing metal of pipe A to pipe B with the metal that I'm putting in. And I saw some of your, your TikTok videos. And again, sorry for the dumb question, but, but some of them had this kind of beautiful symmetry to them. It almost looked like 
a, a zipper when it's zipped up the way that, you know, it was almost like they were teeth kind of intertwining. Yeah. yeah. Are there certain patterns that are common or, or was it just the video that I happened to pick? No, that's what you got. That zipper look that you like, that's what we call walking the cup. So just like there's different processes of welding, there's also different techniques to welding. I, by the way, uh, I thought your TikTok videos were very entertaining, uh, even for somebody who knows nothing about welding. You do a lot of smack talk in them, which I appreciate. That's a love and a hate relationship for me because I believe there's a difference between being cocky and being confident. I am never cocky. I don't ever go around bragging about my abilities, but if you come to me and run that mouth, I'm going to shut you down real quick because the humble don't stumble. Just because I'm humble don't mean that gives anybody the right to just come up and be like, I could outweld you. I could do this. I can do that. And I'll, I always tell them one thing, kid, I'm about to be your stepdaddy. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of have fun with it in a way. I don't ever really get mad. Like, it's like my smack talk isn't them getting me riled up. I just like to answer them back and give them something because it gets them riled up. And then I'm just like, man, hey, like you have not one weld on your page. How are you sitting here telling me that I suck and I don't even get to see your work? That nah, no, no way. Just sit in the back, please. Get your sippy cup. You're like, the work speaks for itself. Right, exactly, you know? So how do you know when you've nailed it with a weld? Like, can you just feel it or do you have to do some kind of formal test on it or how does it work? You just have to know really what you're looking at. Inspection takes care of inspecting and everything like that, but you really just have to pay attention. You know, it really just take pride in it. I mean, like I always tell people, they'll come over there, like younger guys that haven't been welding for a while, they'll look at it and be like, man, you think, you think, think I should go get the QC, which quality control inspection. And I'd be like, do you think he would buy off on that? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you wouldn't buy off on it, chances are he ain't gonna buy off on it, which means accept it, say that it's good and send it on through to let whatever testing, if there is any testing, because again, we go back to the code, whatever the code says, we have to do what the code says. So if it says you need a uh, radiographer that pipe, then you're going to x-ray that pipe. If it says then you die penetrant, then you die penetrant. Even inspectors have to follow by the code just as much as us welders have to follow by the code. Oh, wow. So you actually x-ray some welds to like check their integrity? That's a pipe welding thing, but the majority of the time, and I'm talking 99.9% of the time, we are going to get shot. That's what we call it, getting shot. If we, you hear a pipe welder say, I'm getting shot, that means he's got something out in x-ray. So he's about to see whether you get most jobs, it's two. You get two bad x-rays. Is that like an industry standard? Like you fail two, you're out? For the oil and gas industry, and sometimes it's one and done. In the aerospace industry, I did work a job for a solid seven months. It was one and done. One bad x-ray, you were gone. That was it. Oh, wow. So I was like, so y'all want perfect every time. They were like, yep. From what I was reading, there's a big shortage of welders. Is that right? Tons. Why, why is there a shortage? I believe Thomas Edison was the man that said a lot of people were afraid of success because it's dressed in hard work and bib overalls. <laughs> and I honestly believe that. Hey, folks, it's Dan. We're always looking for new people to talk to on the show, and we've just invested in a new fancy tip line. And by that, I mean a voicemail box. Uh, the number is 
I know you're not going to remember that, but it's in the show notes, so you can just find it right there. If you know anybody you think would be great for the show, send that number to them. Have them give us a call. Thanks, and back to the show. What's the most frustrating part of your job? Oh, God. Whew. Man, we could talk on that for a few hours, too. Um, <laughs> sometimes when boredom. Sometimes with pipe welders, it's a hurry up and wait. You're waiting on material. You might be waiting for an engineer to sign a piece of paper so you can make a weld or whatever it may be. That can get a little bit of annoying. Uh, The biggest pet peeve of mine above all would probably be as a welder, we carry buckets to throw our stubs, what we call a stub, just the little piece of wire that we can't use because it burn our Mm -hmm. hands up or whatever. They don't throw them in the bucket. They throw them on the floor. And I'm like, why do y'all want to throw them on the floor just to turn around in the next six hours to turn around, pick them up all over again? Throw them in a bucket. (laughs) Just throw it in the damn bucket. And at the end of the day, we empty the damn bucket. It's done. Why the hell you want to be over there looking like a chicken picking up corn in my backyard? Like, look like a bunch of roosters out there pecking corn, bending over, pick up the rock, bending over, pick up the rock. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what you're like about 20 years from now. You're going to be like the the grumpy old boss. <laughs> oh, God. I hope at that time, I hope I'm just traveling around the world letting my money make me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that, actually. It's like, do most welders stay welders for most of their career or do they become the manager of welders and then a manager's manager like what's the career path look like um it really all just depends uh what you want to do like i said i was we were talking about earlier before you could be a welding engineer you could be quality control some people will take turning routes be a safety guy i wouldn't suggest that though welders really dislike that dude (laughs) I'm surprised that quality control would be a promotion. Like I would have thought that was like switching from quarterback to referee or something. Not really. Um, See, that's a big hit and miss subject. When you talk about inspectors and quality control with welders, man, like Mm -hmm. sometimes these guys, like I always tell them at the end of the day, they're above you. They're above you. That is the one that basically signs your check every day. Now, he might not, like the owner of the company does or the HR or whatever, but he's the one that is being like, hey, you got a little piece of porosity right there. You might want to get that out, you know, because mm-hmm. he's helping you. Him, him inspecting that weld is just like um, a second opinion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before the x-ray guy gets it. Because remember, two, you're gone. So you got this middle guy, which is the QC. Would you want that job? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Now, when you're a welder and then you become a welding inspector and people know that, you will be very respected in the trade because you served your due. You know, you didn't just jump over a welder and be like, oh, well, I can't weld. I'll just go be a CWI because you can do that. But you will earn so much respect if you are a welder and you go get your CWI because then when you're out in the field and you're like, hey, look, you got a little undercut there. They can't say, can you do that? It's, yeah, I can do that. You're like, step back. Let me show you. Well, no, you can't. You can't. As an inspector, you cannot pick up that hood anymore. You only have two jobs as an inspector. You're there to observe and to report. It's not my job to tell you how to weld. It's not my job to fix your mistake. It's against the rules and you really shouldn't do it. And I tell a lot of inspectors, y'all better quit doing that. You can offer advice like, 
if I was a CWI right now and I was, it, um, you know, saw a welder struggling, I could be like, look, this is how I do it. This is on you now. You can't because what then what we have is welders coming back being like, well, he said to do this and I did it and it didn't work. So I'm getting ready to get fired because I took his advice. That's why it's not a good idea to try to teach somebody as you're an inspector. You're only there to observe and to report. That's it. I meant to ask you earlier about safety issues because it seems pretty obvious given that you're working with you know, high temperatures and molten metals, uh, it, safety has got to be a constant concern. What are the more common types of injuries that you've got to be very aware of? Uh, burns for definite. That's going to happen. Uh, not so much with TIG. That's more or less like flux core and stick because they're with TIG welding, there's no sparks and there's no hot molten slag from the metal. Oh, so when you're TIG welding, you don't get sparks and you don't get slag. But when you are TIG welding, you get a high amount of radiation because if you you've, you said you looked at my TikTok, correct? Mm-hmm. So that bright light that you see, that's what we call the arc. That is actually brighter than the sun that comes up in the sky that you drive and work to every day. Wow. And so you just have some kind of special gear to make sure your eyes don't get damaged? My welding hood. I have a lens in that. Okay. I have a lens in it, so it allows me to be able to see. So think like really high uh, sunglasses. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you uh, take your welding hood and you look up at the sun, it'll just look like a big round ball. And if you looked at the arc without the hood, what would happen? You get what we call flash burn. Basically, it's sunburn on your eyes. Wow. And it's very painful. And even as a welder, you will still get flash burn from other welders. Like when I lift my hood and my buddy's over here next to me and lights up and that light hits me if I don't have something. So I typically wear sunglasses behind my hood to stop that if we don't have like welding blinds or welding curtains or something like that. How long does that flash burn last? The longest I've ever had it was three days. That was horrible. I was like literally blind for three days. I couldn't see nothing. I had to just sit in a hotel room. I could only listen to music. Couldn't read a book. Couldn't watch TV. Couldn't order food. Couldn't do nothing because I couldn't open my eyes. Unbelievable. That was a nightmare. What's the worst uh, burn or other injury that you've experienced? Got a third degree burn on my foot. Did not know it was a third degree burn, because... um, I just didn't know what third degree burns look like or whatever. And my mom, like I came over to the house and she saw it and she was like, Oh my God, look at your foot. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I burned it like two weeks ago. She's like, that's third degree. She's like, would they give you at the doctor? I was like, what doctor? She's like, you didn't go to the doctor. And I was <laughs> oh, like, man. nah, I was like, she's like, what'd you do? I was like, poured alcohol and salt on it. And she was like, you What? And I was like, yeah, what? What's the big deal, mom? I was like, why are you so freaking jumping out of your house? She's like, do you realize the majority of people that die because of infection, it's from a freaking third degree burn? I was like, oh, well, no, I didn't know that. What What happened to your foot? It, uh, a piece of slag came down in oh. behind my boot. I'd roll my pants legs up to like take care of my socks, to get my socks like put together and everything like that. Like to pull them up, and I just forgot to put my pants leg back over top of my boot, and I welded something with stick, and I went to go chip the slag, and the slag popped off, came into my boot, and I kicked that <sighs> boot clear over the side and ended up busting out a windshield of a car. Oh, my God. So, you, I mean, slag is like basically molten metal? 
Yeah, so basically it's a composite that's shielded. So it's like the flux coating from the rod because you have like the metal rod and then you have this flux coating around it. And then when you burn that rod, that flux seals that that metal underneath of it. And then you'll see it. It'll be black and it'll start to peel up if you did it right. That sounds absolutely horrifying. I'm with your mom. I'm like, how how could you have not gone to the doctor? Come on. I mean, you got to go back. I got to go ahead to go back to work. So I was like, I'm not, I, that's always a thing. I'm always worried that like doctors going to take me and be like, all right, you can't go to work. I'll be like, what? Hold up. Nah, that ain't happening. Cause I told you, man, I wake up every day. I'm excited to go to work. I mean, I love what I do. I don't want nobody to take that away from me. Man, you were, you were born with like 10 X, the normal supply of work ethic. It's amazing. <laughs> a lot of people say that, man. It's it, I really, man. I tell you, it's it's just my parents, man. The way they raised me, they just they were old school. They were very, very old school. And when I was younger, I'm not gonna lie, I was just I was a rebellious kid, just like anybody would have been. But now looking back, I'm like, man, thank you, mom and dad. So lucky, we always have a lightning round of questions at the end of the show. Let me just fire away. What's a word or phrase? that only someone from your profession would be likely to know? And what does it mean? I think you've probably got a lot of choices here. <laughs> yeah, but probably the most common one would be uh, drag up. Drag up. And what does that mean? I'm quitting. I quit. I'm out. If I'm dragging, that means I'm quitting. I'm going to the next job. I'm not going to stay with that company. So you're, and so dragon means you're done, not just for the day, but with the job. Yeah. And actually it's funny because six months ago, I went to work, go work for this uh, local company. Like I said, I'm a pipe welder. So they, they didn't do pipe. They were uh, fabricators. So they built like boats and stuff like that. And I just went over there because, you know, work was slow and I needed some money, whatever this, that, and the other. So when it come time, I was getting ready to go back to, you know, where I'm at now and I'll you know, to weld pipe and everything like that. I was like, hey, man, I, I hate to break the news to you, man, but man, I'm dragging. I'm dragging today. He's like, dragging. I was like, yeah, dragging. He said, what does that mean? I said, well, it means you you wouldn't come off the cheddar, so I found something better, dog. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, I'm done. Like, this is my last day here. That's what dragging up means. Like, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back tomorrow. I'm going to this other place to make more money. He's like, oh, well, around here, we just say we quit. I was like, well, as a pipe welder, we say we drag up. I love it. You were, you were quitting and he didn't even know it. No, no. I've had a couple of good ones too like that, that, uh, that I've quit jobs and I've caught them in a joke and you know, they kind of laugh about it. Some do, some don't. Okay, question two. What's the most insulting thing you can say about a pipe welder's work? Mm, man. Oh, uh, here's the good one. Where this is a real good joke that we always do to each other. Is that a little undercut I see? What's that mean? Undercut means uh, like, so you're taking from the base metal, but you're not depositing weld metal. It's causing like a concave feature. It's like an etch, kind of like a, think of a hangnail. You know, you get that divot when the hangnail, when you pull the hangnail off, it's got that mm-hmm, divot in there because mm-hmm. you've took meat away. That's what you did with the pipe. Undercut is taking away from the base metal and not adding metal. That's a great analogy, by the way. So that's like something that would mean you botched it, basically. Yeah. So like, that's always the joke. And that's like what inspectors always say. They'll be like, is that a little bit of undercut? And it will get a welder tuned up. They'll be like, that ain't no freaking undercut, man. I brushed it with my file. Like, I mean, they'll get to going. One last question for you. 
if a young person asked you, should I get into welding, what would you say? Absolutely. Again, like we talked about early in the show, you know, this is like Donkey Kong takes levels. So you're going to have to practice. There's going to be a lot of times you want to quit. You're going to have to, you know, really put yourself through the ringer. But once you get good at this, you can make three, four, five, six thousand dollars a week travel. I got two of my buddies right now that are living, uh, they're in Hawaii. They work on the Air Force base out there, welding gas lines up for them. I've got buddies out in Belgium right now. I've been personally to you know Mexico, Brazil, many a different places for welding. Like absolutely, get into it. Practice your heart out. Even when people are laughing at you and think, "Oh, it's Saturday night. We should be going out. Why are you in there welding?" Ignore them. Keep at it because eventually you're about to be making three to four to five thousand dollars a week traveling. Paid traveling. They will pay you to go to these places and you make that money. You'll come home and I guarantee you that everybody else will be like, oh, well, I, I got this much for my bar tab and I've got this. And you're going to be like, yeah, I got it. Don't even worry about it. Stop counting your money. You ain't got to worry about that. Lucky Reed is a specialty combo welder. You can check out some of his welds and you really should, by the way, it's fascinating, on TikTok or Instagram. You can find him in both places at lucky underscore welds. That's welds spelled W-E-L-D-Z. I really loved that conversation with Lucky. Like, what a great personality. And what struck me was his style of perfectionism, where to him, his welds are never perfect. He can always spot the flaws. They can always be better. But somehow he doesn't let that affect his joy and contentment in the work. I just really like that idea that you can be perpetually dissatisfied and perpetually satisfied at the same time. And maybe there's some natural inherent relationship between the two. Folks, that's what it's like to be a welder. If you liked the show, you know the drill. Do us a favor and leave us a review and reach out. We love hearing from you. I'm Dan Heath. This episode was produced by Matt Purdy. Take care. Hold up. 